brought to you by Mystic Lubricants, developed in real-world conditions for real-world work. Mystic products are specially formulated to meet your demands. Mystic Lubricants, ride with us. For a look at their full range of top-quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K-Lubes.com. Hey folks, Machine Repeat here. Welcome to Machine Repeat Podcast, episode number 53. Thank you for joining us. I know it's a busy time of year. I think we have a really fun uh, show or episode for you today. I think you're going to enjoy. Now, it's early November as I'm recording this. Of course, we're setting sail into the busy year-end auction season. And, of course, the current market, uh, like I've been saying, actually, since the end of 22, it's it's the hottest I've ever seen. And it just keeps getting hotter. Uh, Now, normally, the summer, late summer, early fall is kind of a slow time and it was never really the highest uh, point on the calendar in terms of auction pricing with the uncertainty until you get the yields or you know the crop in the bin know how we're sitting start thinking about the coming year but I tell you October October 22 was different uh, the market uh, again a good condition used just keep going kept going higher uh, the last example I can think of was from last week last Wednesday I think it was what October 26th uh, my friend Kurt Amon with Amon Auctions, actually on uh, online uh, consignment uh, antique auction, there was a tractor that was not an antique on, on the sale, but it was a 2001 John Deere 7510. You maybe saw the blog I wrote about this, but it was a super nice tractor, low hours. I think it had 710 hours on it, so obviously going to be high. It's a pre-death preacher for 21 years old, 710 hours, beautiful looking tractor, but I mean, the thing sold for 120750 bucks, And the thing that I've been seeing throughout all of 22 is these record prices are being set, and they're just smashing the, the previous highs. And now, this one went almost 21 k over. The highest I'd ever seen was 100000 bucks nine and a half years ago, April 26th of 13, down in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. We saw an O2 Model 7510 with only 10 hours on it. And that's over 100k, and that of course was the highest until uh, last week. And again, 120,750. And again, this has happened so often that it's not even it doesn't really. I mean, it's not even a surprise anymore because the supply issue of used is so tight. I think there's only seven John Deere 7510s at MachineRepeat.com for sale today. So I mean, if you want a nice low-hour one, it's so you know that supply is tight. Uh, still issues on the new side, uh, getting the new equipment, and of course, what does it cost? That whole thing, delivery times. Uh, so yeah, t- to this point anyway, you know, rising interest rates from my chair and our data is showing no effect yet, whereas it is beginning to show some effect, like in the housing market and I think the automobile market, both new and used, uh, starting to get at what the Fed was saying their intent was to create some demand destruction, slow things down a little bit, slow inflation down. But again, for farm equipment, we're not seeing that. And again, uh, the last 20 years I've been compiling this data since 2002 when the Bush tax cuts uh, stimulus package went through and IRS Section 179 was sort of became a tool to goose business investment new and used uh, obviously, not just agriculture, but all business coming out of the dot-com mess of early 2000s. Uh, in our farming sector, uh, what our auction price data has shown clear as a bell 
for 20 years now is that is the values go up November and December. So here we are, all-time high. Prices rising all year, right through the summer, right through the fall. Now here we are, early November, and the number of sales is starting to pick up. And there are some nice sales out there, folks. And this episode, we're going to focus in on one sale in particular. I'm guessing you've probably seen it. If, you're, if you spend much time out on social media, you've probably seen some pictures bouncing around out there. It's a sale Saturday, November 26th. The sale is in Lenox, South Dakota. It's by Westra Auction Land and Realty. My friend uh, Joel Westra, Joel Jr. there, um, along with uh, Mark Zomer, and the, they work together on tons of sales. Great, great auction firms there. And again, uh, check this sale out, folks. The website is westraauction.com, W-E-S-T-R-A, auction. Dot com, And the sale is for Gary Peterson. Uh, no relation to me, but, uh, you know, he's a fellow Peterson brother out there. Just a good dude. Uh, again, no relation, but a great guy. I've known Gary for a number of years. I uh, actually met him at a kind of a famous auction down in eastern Iowa a few years ago where a friend of his, I think Virgil Kuhlman, was having his retirement auction. And then we connected again at the 2019 inaugural Classic Green reunion event. And Gary's a great guy, and I tell you, his collection of six Open Station John Deere 40 and 50 series tractors up for sale November 26th. So by the time this podcast is out, I'm guessing you maybe have seen the walkthrough Machine Repeat YouTube video preview I did. I went out to Beersford, South Dakota. It was a beautiful day. And just walked down the, the tractor line with Gary Peterson and also with auctioneer Joel Wester Jr. And we talked about... The tractors, the attention to detail, you know, where they came from, the restoration work, the, the rareness of some of these open station deer tractors. And again, one's a, they have a 40-40 a hydraulic front wheel assist, a 4240, a 4050, a 4250, a 4440, and a 4450, all open station. And these things are just beautiful, folks. So go watch the YouTube video. You'll get up close. You hear Gary talking about them. Now, after we filmed that video, uh, we walked back to Gary's shop, a beautiful shop there on their farm, Beersford, South Dakota. And Gary's wife, Julie, was in the shop. And we just kind of got taught. We were talking about the tractors and the auction. And, and I thought, you know what? Let's just sit down, the three of us, Gary, Julie, and myself, and let's just talk. And so... It was really interesting, um, you know, Gary and Julie are high school sweethearts from the, out in that area of South Dakota, um, and we just talked about their, their life farming, and then as they lead up to the sale day here, now Gary and Julie had a retirement sale back in uh, 13, uh, and then I think Gary just kind of slowed down a little bit, kind of kept his hat in the ring a little bit farming, but again, and then got into collecting tractors, so we had a fun talk. I've always been intrigued by the husband and wife dynamic of collectors, tractor collectors. And we kind of joke about it. You know, I'll meet somebody out at an auction and they'll say, hey, Pete, I got I got 85 Alice Chalmers tractors, whatever. And oftentimes, you know, the couple is there at the auction or the event or whatever. And we get to laughing and, the, you know, the spouse will chuckle and say, well, you know, I, it's an interesting dynamic. And I thought, let's take the opportunity. So it was fun to have Julie there and talk about, you know, as Gary kind of retired and got into collecting, 
how she viewed it, how they viewed it together. And then also the, the whole collecting thing, it's interesting to hear Gary talk about. Now, Gary's a very well-known John Deere tractor collector uh, throughout U.S. and Canada. But, I mean, there's more to it than just acquiring those unique models you're after. In Gary's case, these open station 40 and 50 series. It's the people you meet along the way, the friends you make, the hunt of finding that one last, you know, open station, whatever. So hearing Gary and Julie talk about that, I thought was fascinating. And again, they were tremendously um, open with their time. We had a great time. As I was leaving to drive home to Rochester, Julie brought out a, a, a batch of freshly made chocolate chip cookies. Um, and Julie, they were absolutely delicious. I have a soft spot in my heart for chocolate chip cookies. My grandma used to make them for us when we were kids. And uh, when I think of chocolate chip cookies, I just think of love. So anyway, let's go to my conversation with Gary and Julie Peterson from Beersford, South Dakota, in their farm shop, talking about their farming career through the ups and downs through the 80s as a young farm couple raising two boys and then getting ready for their auction November 26th. How can you reduce soil compaction? With today's heavier farm equipment, soil compaction should be top of mind anytime you're in the field. Using tires inflated to the correct pressure can properly disperse the weight of the equipment and help manage soil compaction on the farm. Firestone Ag makes it possible. For example, Firestone Ag's AD technology on narrow tires carries the same load at lower inflation pressures. Their tire pressure inflation calculator and seven-step tire checklist can also help ensure you're maximizing your tire's capabilities while doing the least damage to your soil. Learn more about reducing soil compaction at firestoneag.com. Hey folks, Machinery Pete here. I am pleased you joined us on this uh, new episode of our podcast, and I'm out in Beersford, South Dakota. You have maybe seen the auction preview video we did for Gary Peterson coming up on November 26th. Gary and one of his great friends with an amazing line of John Deere tractors. Uh, if you haven't seen the YouTube video, check it out. Just go to machinerypeat.com. You can check out the video. But a real treat here. We're going to talk a little more with Gary about his tractors, his passion for John Deere tractors collecting. And we are joined by Gary's wife, Julie. And uh, guys, thank you for uh, inviting me out to Beersford today. Well, thanks for coming and joining us. And we're here in your guys' beautiful shop, and what a beautiful day. It's almost 70 degrees out there. It's kind of amazing, Julie. 70 degrees, 1st of November here. It's just gorgeous. Although, you guys probably could wouldn't be too upset if we got a little rain out here, um, would you? We could use a lot of rain. How, yes. how much short of moisture, Gary, are you out here in eastern South Dakota? You know, we're in the teens, inches, or inches of rain short for the year. Really? You know, it, and you were short last year, too? And we were short last year. And that, that, you know, we just started so dry. We didn't have anything in reserve, and we've got even less now. Right. And, I guess I haven't looked at the latest Farmer's Almanac, but what is the what predictions are you guys hearing for this winter? You know, I, I don't really go by the Farmer's Al Almanac, but yeah. it seems like, you know, you go through a cycle like this, but then it'll, it'll correct, and sometimes it'll correct way to the opposite end Overcorrect, of yeah. being, you know, too wet. But right. I'll take too wet over too dry any yeah. time. And how did crops, I mean, even with the dryness out here, northwest Iowa, eastern South Dakota, generally speaking, how did they come out this year? You know, everybody I talk to, me included, I still farm a little bit. Uh, we're amazed that we got as much crop as we did for the amount of rainfall that we received. Okay. You know, so the new genetics are phenomenal. Right. Uh, that 
they still will produce with limited rainfall. And right. Well, now, guys, this is interesting here. And, Julie, I'm so thankful you were able to join us. We, we did our preview video out by the tractors, and it was so much fun. But as we got talking, you know, I've, as I travel the country talking to tractor collectors, it's always interesting to me, the, the marriage aspect, the partner, because uh, some of these collections can get very large. <laughs> and uh, just the, that, that, uh, how that works, because you have to be on the same page, I would, I would think. Okay. So, so before we start talking about the upcoming auction, let's wind this back with you guys. Now, you guys were married in 1978. Yes. yes. Okay. And March Gary. 78. Okay. And folks, I put Gary on the spot. We were out next to his tractors filming for YouTube. And I, I don't even know how it came up. We were just talking, right? Yep. And I, you know, you we were talking about Julie. I'm like, well, how long have you guys been married? And in my head, I'm thinking, I just put this guy on the spot about his anniversary. <laughs> and Julie, happy to report, Gary was right on. He was on 1978. There you Very go. Very good. <laughs> so that's what, 44? Four years? Mm-hmm. Coming on 45. Be 45 in March. March. How'd you guys meet? Uh, we went to school together. In, in what town? In Centerville, South Dakota. And how big is Centerville? Uh, 900, 950. Yeah, a little less than 1,000. About that same size now? Yep. Yep. It hasn't okay. changed a whole lot. Were you guys in the same class? We were. Same class. Our lockers were right beside each other. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm an O when he was a P. Your maiden name, Julie? Ostrom. Peterson and Ostrom, right there. Mm-hmm. There you go. Were you guys like high, high school sweethearts then? Actually, not until we were seniors. Uh-huh. We yeah, he took me to my senior prom. That was our first official date. Okay, first so, date senior prom. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so you guys graduated high school like uh, like what what year was that? 1976. Oh, bicentennial year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. It's, it, isn't it amazing that sometimes I see even in the farm machinery world, we see it like a case 1570 spirit of 76 tractor it was so much bicentennial was a huge huge event it was wasn't a big it? deal what, was, what do you guys remember about being in high school that year oh there was a big celebration in town you in know, centerville the, yes okay like an all-school reunion you know oh, and, sure. and lots of lots of different things going on to try to celebrate big right. parade right i think a lot of small towns around here had parades how big was your guys graduating class at centerville about 42? 42, I believe. 42. Yeah. Any other marriages out of the... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Really? There's some other classmates that okay. ended up marrying yeah. each other, too. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So. Now, Centerville, is it is it its own school now, or is it a kind of a... Still oh, their own school. Still really? a standalone school, and a very good school. Wow. Very good school. Uh, that's important for small towns to keep that school and going if they can, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. Wow. So you guys got married in 1978, and uh, now Gary and Julie, did you guys both grow up on the farm? We did. Okay. Yep. And so, Julie, I'll start with you. What do you remember about growing up on your family's farm in the late 60s, 70s here in Centerville? Well, I was the oldest, and so my dad taught me how to farm. So I started running a tractor when I was little, and my brother didn't come along until nine years later, so... So I was... You were busy. I was busy. Yeah, he... I did a lot of field work for my dad and a lot of stuff for him. And I loved being outside and stuff. Mm. I loved the animals and I loved being outside. And so, what, uh, what tractor were some of the first ones you drove? Do you remember? Well, it was a really little. Do you remember? I know I told you, but um, he had an international. He was a red okay. guy. A red guy. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, he had an international. Was it like a... Bus? That I used out in the field. Yeah, three hundred or something of that era. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember numbers. And you were, you were out uh, 
plowing and, and did you yep. plant? <clears throat> did you plant as well? I did not plant. Nope. Okay. And I did not harvest. But okay. I just, I hauled loads and I did a lot of field work. Okay. And how about you? cell phone. So, you know, <laughs> he would he would send me out there in the morning and right. not come and get me until, you know, I should be about done. So he'd come and check on me. And how old were you when he started sending you Oh, out? I was probably an eighth grader or a freshman okay. when, I, when I was doing That's most of It's a lot of responsibility it. for a... 13, 14, 15 yeah, year old. But you didn't even think about it. You know, that's just what you did. Dad so. sent you out and you got to go do it. Yeah. Yep. So well, how about there you? was always good neighbors if I got in trouble. <laughs> <There you laughs> I could go. walk somewhere and, awesome. and get help. <laughs> how about you, Gary? Now, you grew up right on the farm here? Uh, not here. Uh, north of Centerville is where I grew up okay. on the farm. Okay. And northeast of Centerville until I was a freshman. And then my family, my dad was a farmer also. Okay. We moved to a a farm that was, uh, my dad would have been third generation on mm. that farm. Okay. And then uh, until I was a senior, we continued to rent the farm that we had been on where I grew up when I was younger. Sure. But when I was a senior, I got the opportunity to start farming from a neighbor. Mm. And then I moved back to that original farm and, and lived there okay. until we were married. Okay, so you guys, you got out of high school in 76, you were married in 78, so gosh, you guys are young, you're 20, uh, set and sail in your farming career, a uh, couple years in, wow, then here come the 80s. Here come yeah. the 80s. What, uh, I mean, what? just talk me through that, what was that like? The 80s was a scary time, but, you know, I don't know, we were maybe too young to realize what a perilous time it was, you mm -hmm. know, but... When interest rates started climbing and, and borrowing money is just a fact of life if you're farming, yep. um, it got to be tough. Uh, I was trying to feed cattle and interest in the teens. I can remember 18% interest on some cattle notes and wow. there honestly was not 18% margin in feeding cattle. So mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't any fun, but you know we dug in. Uh, Julie worked in town mm -hmm. and had the groceries and the insurance covered. And I think that's what hmm. probably saved us from bankruptcy at that time. And Julie, it was tough. You worked at a local bank in Centerville? I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Kind of wearing a lot of hats at the bank there? Yep, I did. Yep. It was a small little independent bank. And yep. And you guys have, have two boys. Two sons, yes. So the, I suppose they came along about the 80s. Yep, 81 and 85. So, yeah, think of that. You were young. Do you ever think back on those days, like you say, 18% interest? And you ever think, how the heck did we make it? Yeah, it was kind of miraculous that we did. Wow. You know, and we had some people that, you know, supported us. Our parents, yeah. for one, right. supported us. They right. didn't financially help us, so to speak, but they supported us, you right. know, and, and they, they just kind of instilled that work ethic that you started this, so you're right. going to finish it. And we did. So and now, all of our friends were farmers, too. So, you know, we were all kind of in the same boat. And yeah. so, you know, it, it it was kind of an exciting time, though, too, with right. our, our little children yeah. and our kids growing up. And, you know, so. Yeah. Being a mom and a dad and, yeah, yeah. and farming and building your yeah. operation. Yeah. Like Gary said, you just you just kept working and. There was no options. You just kept working. Right. So, yeah. What do you, uh, <clears throat> as you guys now, uh, we deal with, in our business, we talk to a lot of young farmers starting out. 
And now, of course, we see interest rates starting to go up again. The economy is what it is. We can't control any of that, of course. But uh, when times do get tough like that, looking back through your guys' experience, would you have any advice for young farmers? Well, uh, you kind of got to really watch the frills, you know, and, and that's what probably got us through. You know, we didn't have luxury items and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought only what we thought we had to have and yep. what would make us money. Right. Um, so, I don't know, just good common sense. And, you know, it has changed so much. I've, I've always said, you know, back prior to me, most of the money was made with your back if you were a farmer. Mm-hmm. But now it's made with your head. It's made with marketing and knowing your business, knowing your costs, using hedging tools and all those things that we never thought about when we started you know and i think the younger generation now has an advantage because they are more exposed to that you know my generation is kind of the the first generation of hedging and Mm -hmm. and the marketing tools and stuff and you kind of got to do that you know Right. I mean, to not, yeah, you have to use the tools that are there to, the margins can be so tight and there's yeah. such risk involved. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Uh, so, you know, you guys, you come through the 80s, the boys are growing up. I suppose things start to, well, it's not like things were ever easy. I mean, but coming out of the 80s. No. Uh, did you, how would you describe back your farming operation? Did you, did it grow over the years or did you kind of stay the same size? Or? No, we, we grew uh, with, quite a bit of rented land yep. and stuff. Um, but I never wanted to grow at any cost. Um, mm. Kind of my motto was intensively farm less and try to make a, a larger margin per acre than trying to farm more and mm. just do the very best job on less acres than always chasing more acres. Now, where did that come from, Gary? Was that, do you think that was just inside of you or was that, was that from your family or where did that feeling? I think my dad, you know, my dad was quite conservative and I also was lucky enough to work for a guy in high school that, that taught me a lot of things. And and that was kind of his model when he was farming, you know, he, he never wanted to be a large farmer. He just wanted to do a great job of what he was doing, and yeah. he raised hogs, and he was a master pork producer at hmm. one time. You know? So he did a great job of, of what he was doing, and, and my dad did a great job too, you know, but uh, scale has changed immensely. Right. That's interesting. Uh, you know, you mentioned that, that friend uh, or high school, high school teacher, you said? And he was a, a farmer. Farmer. Yeah. I work for. Okay, you work for, right. Uh, things you can learn from people in your sphere, friends, uh, community members. Of course, there was no internet back then. Right. It was all local, but that's hugely valuable, those uh, uh, best practices or insights, right? Yeah. Um, so as technology became part of farming here uh, over the decades, how did you guys adapt? Uh, it's, it's, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like you're kind of open Two ways of being better, would that yeah, be fair to say? I was, you know, like with auto steer and GPS and stuff. At first, I kind of looked at it as a toy mm-hmm. because I could still drive a tractor. I really didn't need the tractor to drive itself. Yep. But after we first tried it on a tillage tractor, it sold me that, you know, it, it 
took care of a, a chore that I had to do, especially in planning and concentrating on driving straight or whatever, right. that I could now turn around and just watch the planner work and know if I needed to change something for an adjustment. So, hmm. yeah, technology is great. You it know. didn't scare you off. It didn't scare me off. I was pretty cautious on it. You know, I probably wasn't, didn't adapt to technology as fast as some did my age, but in my generation. But don't have to be the first to jump in, but if you... Well, it's kind of right. Yeah. It's always good to let someone else test the water. <laughs> right. Now, Julie, did you keep working as the boys were growing up off the farm or... Uh, for about 10, 10 or 12 years, I helped Gary farm. Okay. But then when it started getting to that technical stuff, then it's like, mm, I think, I think I'm done. I think okay. I, I <laughs> and the machinery kept getting bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. Because then that so, farm all 300 you were on. <laughs> yes. Yes. So then I, I took another job in town and yeah. And then he got a really, really good guy to help him. So it was nice. always good, but <laughs> well, that's, that's, I love the background guys. Thank you for sharing. And of course we're out here. You know, guys, to talk about your auction coming up November 26th as we're recording this. That's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Uh, and, folks, if you haven't seen our YouTube preview video, check it out. Go to the – it's Westra Auction. Go to westraauction.com. This sale is unbelievable. Gary, you have – and, Julie, you've got six John Deere Open Station tractors, 40 and 50 series. I think three of them are factory originals. Four of them. Are. Four of them. Yes. Okay. And it's just an amazing line. Check out the video, folks. But now, I'm remembering, Gary, you said you you guys sort of retired in 13? Mm -hmm. There are some things I wanted to do outside of farming and farming full-time. And since our boys weren't going to farm, yeah. I seen an opportunity that it was a good time to mostly exit from farming. I still wanted to stay in farming and, sure. and be somewhat active, but... There's other things that I wanted to do okay. business-wise and personally. So, so on the tractor yeah. front, is that when you started collecting? Like, Was it 20-series deer tractors? No, I, I had 20-series all through when I was farming. Okay. You know, and, and I farmed with most of the tractors and then kind of dabbled in, you know, some that I'd run across. And, sure. And, but most of my farming career, they were user tractors. You know, right. they could be restored, but I still used them. So yeah. when you were actively farming in your head, and Julie chime in if, if Gary shared these, was it ever like, did he ever tell you like, I think I want to collect tractors someday? Well, I told him he needed to get a hobby Oh, if okay. he was going to retire. Okay. I was thinking like little, like woodworking or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he, to him, he loves the hunt. He loves the, he just, the research, all of that and the people he's met has just yeah. been incredible. And Gary, that is, I think, is that where we first met? Was it Green, Classic Green? Green? No, actually, we met at Virgil Kuhlman's auction. Oh, Virgil. In, over in, uh, by Waterloo. Yeah, where that, uh, that was a, was that a 4020 on it that sale? a real 1700 hour. hour. Yeah, 4020 power So I think Sweeney, if I remember right. Yeah. Sweeney Auction Service. Yep. That was a huge crowd that day. That was a big crowd. Were you there to bid on that 4020? No, I was there because Virgil was a, a, friend a friend that I'd met okay. through John Deere. And, you know, if something caught my eye that I wanted or whatever, you know, I wouldn't have been opposed to buying it or bidding on it or whatever. Right. We came home with a bell that day. 
Oh, one, one of the John Deere uh, dinner bells. It's not a John Deere bell, but Virgil oh. also just had an eye for school bells, church bells, and okay. Virgil had several. Yep. And Julie and I both kind of liked them, yep. you know, just because of their unique and stuff. So to remember Virgil's sale, we purchased a bell. Well, that is awesome. And talk about that. And Julie, you mentioned it the friends you make along the way when you're collecting in the hunt. Uh, and we talked at Classic Green Reunion in Grand Island in 19. You look around and they're just people have become your friends. Right. Um, and very good friends. And so talk about that. I mean, again, the, there's the social media, the Internet. But uh, when you set out, or you mentioned our friend David from North Carolina, who I know real well, great yep. guy, collects John Deere tractors. Uh, it is pretty cool to make friends that share a passion like that, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. And they're, they're usually like-minded people, you know, that they kind of have the same values. Yeah. And in several instances, we've been lucky enough to become friends with people, and then our wives also become friends. Sure. And the guy that is selling tractors along with me on this sale, Julie and, and his wife have become very nice. good friends. Mm. And, you, you know, that's you can, the good part. You cannot put a price tag on making... Good friends, absolutely not, and lifelong friends. Yeah, I, I sort of—it's funny. I've been—I've been sort of living in the social media realm for 13 years. First posted stuff in '09, and you know, there's some great aspects about connecting, but the humanness of—it's like I still go back to going to the auction or like Virgil sale. It was a huge crowd yeah. that day, and whether you're there to bid on something or you're just there to watch, it's those conversations you have, right? And then you stay connected with people. Uh, yeah, how do you put a price tag on it? You can't. You can't. No. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, so how did this collection, uh, let's again start from Julie's angle. You tell me, Julie. Gary's collection of tractors, how did it, did it start slow or did it kind of, was it just whoosh, here we go? Well, he started getting rid of the smaller tractors, the like 3020s, you know, and the 4020s. And then um, I'm not sure. A friend again. Um, his uncle had a tractor that was an open station, and Gary's seen it, and he just something about it. Something about it, and yeah, it just you know it's just beefier or whatever. It's yeah. just <laughs> more, more more muscle kind yeah, of. And then right. he just like I say started researching and just did he yeah. did he verbalize like I I think I might want to start going after these open no, stations. No, he just started going on the internet a lot, and, sure. and you know just yeah. And then talking to friends, and it's like, yeah. oh, I'm kind of looking for something like this. And, and Julie, you, as, as one became two, became three, became four, <laughs> you were, obviously, you were okay with it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's got a really, really good business head, so yeah. he's, yeah. Well, I complimented Gary on his timing uh, in a number of ways. Your retirement auction in, in 2013, that was the top of the market that I'd ever seen until this year. And by the way, you guys have a sale coming up. November 26th, and I've told people for years, when they ask me, Machine Repeat, when would you have, if you had a sale, when would you have it? You know what I say? I say right around Thanksgiving. Good. And this <laughs> this is the hottest market I've ever seen, and you're, you're, you're amazing tractors. Uh, there's going to be, you know, six happy buyers on your tractors and your friends. We hope so. And again, how many tractors total are on the sale, Gary? 28. 28. And we have three seventy-eight tens. Correct. And one of them is pretty low houred. We did it in the YouTube video. Very right? low houred. Yeah. In three forty fifty fives, yep. three forty two fifty fives, 
344.55s. And I can't ever recall a sale like that to have. Right. And by the way, folks, one of those 4255s is the last one ever made. A 92 model, Gary, like 3,555 hours? Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah. And if folks, if you remember, we, we've had a couple of Machine Repeat YouTube videos. We've seen that tractor sold before. Another opportunity to buy that last serial number. Very cool. Um, and yeah, again, the Saturday after after Thanksgiving. Now, Julie, I, I'll get your take on this. I tell people, when Gary reached out and told me about the sale and told me the date, the first thing I thought of? Okay, day after Thanksgiving is what? It's Black Friday. Mm -hmm. You know what? Yes. You know what Saturday is? Saturday's Green Saturday. Oh yay! <laughs> to, buy, <laughs> to buy these tractors, twenty-eight. Did you say, Gary? Yes. Yeah. Just uh, but again, check out the website, folks. WestraAuction.com, and look for that machinery repeat preview video. It was a it was a privilege to walk down the line with Gary and auctioneer Joel Wester Jr. talking about these tractors and picking your brain and. And again, now, guys, as as we're recording this, we're like three weeks, three and a half weeks from the sale. How are you guys feeling personally? Because uh, I know that it, it's a lot of emotion involved. If you have an auction coming up, Julia, again, I'll start with you. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm okay now. When he first told me he wanted to do that, I I had my questions, just making sure because I said you can't get these back. You you know you, but he said you have to think of it. Yes, a hobby, but also as a business. And he said, you know, the, my business sense tells me now is the time. You were, you, you told me before we started recording too, you're emotionally connected I, to these I, tractors. Yeah, I, I have trouble. I keep teasing him that I'm glad he's kept me because he's not a keeper of things. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he knows what to keep. He knows yes. what to keep. Yes. And yeah, thank yeah. goodness it's been me. Uh, but. <laughs> that's awesome. but again, you... Again, you, you've referenced a couple of times now Gary's business. And Gary, I'll, I'll hop over to you. So obviously you have that emotional connection. You saw these things. You went after them. You acquired them. You did the work. But now letting them go, how are you feeling? You know, at the end of the day, they're just things. And I had a lot of fun acquiring them. I had a lot of fun working on them. I had a lot of fun making them as good as, as we could make them. But there's still those things and I'm going to have all the friends that I made, whether it was a, a mechanic that helped me repair a tractor or one of the two guys that have painted tractors for me or people I bought parts from. And, you know, that's, that's the keeper stuff. That's the right. stuff that I don't ever let go. Right. Julie. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, very well said, both you guys. That's fantastic. I, when we film our TV show and we, we talk to folks having their retirement sale, you know, different circumstances of sales, but we, you know, I'm always interested in how people are feeling and a wide range of emotions, none of them wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, and, and when we were talking, Julia, before about you mentioned they were going to be hard to see them go. Uh, from my end, doing what I do, interesting, you know, report, I'm just the guy there for 33 years reporting on this brought X, it brought this much money, but... I see the buyer end of it too and the joy and like the hunt you mentioned. So, you know, your six open station tractors on the sale or any of the 28 on the sale November 26, all of those 28 buyers, that's a kind of a life event, whether that tractor is going into the field or into their collection. Mm -hmm. And so all the care and folks, again, you need to look at these tractors. They're just immaculate. 
And we do need to do a shout out again for your the guy you worked with, Gary, on the restorations. Uh, Levi Shug did Levi Shug. five of them, okay. and a guy by the name of Josh Berthelson did the forty two forty. Okay, and he's a farmer and runs a repair shop yeah. and uh, did a great job on that yeah. tractor. Folks, attention to detail, correctness, rare. I mean, these tractors are just amazing. And like Julie, you're saying those that muscle tractor feel. Mm -hmm. It's been about four or five years now. I've noticed these open station tractors rising in popularity from the '70s and '80s models. And folks, you know Gary and Julie here have six of them selling again November 26. Guys, this has been so fun. Thank you for taking time. I know you guys are busy and everything. And thank you again for the invitation. Thanks so uh, much for coming. Uh, thank you for coming. It's just it's so fun. And again, I wish I could be here on the sale day, November 26, but. Uh, we were talking family before. I'll be out spending Thanksgiving weekend with our daughter and her family in Ohio. But I did tell Joel Westra to get us some video from the auction. Uh, I think it's going to be, they're live streaming it too, aren't they? They're hoping to. Yeah. Live streaming from the fairgrounds in Lenox, South Dakota. Yep. Awesome. Well, check it out, folks. Again, the sales, November 26th. Julie and Gary, thank you. Julie and Gary Peterson, thank you for the conversation. This has been uh, a joy. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did uh, sitting in the farm shop with Gary and Julie Peterson, Beersford, South Dakota. Again, just the different insights. I I, I didn't have a plan for the conversation. Like it, it actually reminded me of just being at an auction, and uh, you know, you just get talking to someone, and uh, you know, I, it was just so interesting to hear how they navigated the '80s, a young farm couple uh, with two young boys, Julie working in town. Uh, how they navigated through that and then on into transition and Gary and Julie becoming collectors um, and now how they feel coming up to auction day again. So a huge thank you to Gary and Julie for their hospitality. And uh, folks, if you've never been to Beersford, South Dakota, you need to swing on by. It is a way all of Eastern South Dakota, wonderful people, beautiful country out there. We hope they get some rain soon. Um, Julie was cute. We were getting ready to leave, and we were talking about sale day, and she's, I said, well, you know, I hope you get some rain out here, get some snow, get some moisture. And Julie said, well, as long as not on sale day. And then I I relayed my, one of my machine repeat truths from 33 years doing this, that actually bad weather historically has produced some of the strongest bidding I've ever seen at auction. So I tried to reassure Julie that, you know, if it if it's a snowy day, you know what, you're still going to be fine and obviously, uh, with great auction company, Westra Auction, Land and Realty, and, and, and uh, Mark Zomer and team working together, they're going to have a fantastic sale. And again, folks, check out the website, Westra Auction, W-E-S-T-R-A, auction.com. And again, the sale is Saturday, November 26th. The sale is actually in Lenox, South Dakota. They're having it at the fairgrounds. And in addition to Gary and Julie's six open station uh, John Deere 40 and 50 series tractors, uh, a good friend has has is also selling. I, think, I believe twenty two of his John Deere tractors and just some beautiful three John Deere seventy eight tens. One very low hour, um, 
the very last 4255 ever made, a 92 model, just over 3,500 hours, kind of a famous tractor. And by the way, Gary gave me a picture, which I'll be sharing on Machine Repeat social media, of that 4255 the day it came off the line, brand new, as Deere used to do when the last model would roll off the line, they would take a picture with the folks on the crew line there. So, you know, that's what, 30 years ago, right on the dot. So historic tractor, again, chance to buy it uh, November 26th. Uh, and again, go to Westra Auction, check that out. And again, take a look for that Machine Repeat uh, YouTube preview video of this sale. Walking down the line of tractors, hearing Gary and auctioneer Joel Wester talk about them. Great fun. So, folks, stay safe out there as you finish up harvest. Uh, I hope things uh, proceed at a great uh, clip for you there, wherever you are. And thank you again for joining us on the Machine Repeat podcast. And uh, stay tuned. November is going to be a, a crazy month with auction prices and sales. So go to machinerepeat.com to uh, always check out the latest. 